You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we're here today with uh, special guest Danny Days of Omnidisc in Miami. He's going to be DJing for the whole show. We're going to take a break in the middle to talk about him and get his story. So stay tuned. We'll be here for the next two hours. Again, this is The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.
listening to the bunker new york on red bull radio we've been in the mix with danny days thanks for joining us thank you for having me yeah that was a super cool set um really like slow and slow and low sludgy yeah drug i like uh, i like to to do sets like that a, a bit more for listeners yeah i was wondering if this is something that you would do in a club setting ever or more definitely yeah because yeah. you you do longer you like to do longer sets I've yeah read. i guess coming coming from miami you're i i started playing at a restaurant so at 10 o'clock you would flip over and then yeah. i would go from 10 to 6 7 and uh I've, I've always played long sets it's just part of it and yeah i love doing stuff like this it's and especially now where things are going really fast you know 140 is a new 120. yeah it's, uh playing stuff like this i think it it usually goes in another room but i absolutely love doing it yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the proper way to start a night as well. Yeah, or, or in the is, middle of the night, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm totally into that. And I think it takes an experienced DJ to recognize that. Mm. Like, all too often, I feel like all too often the wrong DJs are given the 
opening set of the night like the right, least experienced what, yeah, people yeah they're banging it out and it's like it kind of the you, opening dj is a dying art form djing is a dying art form but the opening <laughs> dj djing is uh, the opening dj is one of the most important parts and you know when when i started playing i i would have to play uh theory corporation and go into just you just have a wide range of sound when i was playing these like cafeteria gigs with diego right here the guy we have here was one of the guys that first booked me yeah uh, like in 2004 2005 when i had just come out of some stuff that i had gone through uh he was one of the first ones that gave me the gig and i would have to do those shows but that for me was boot camp and i was like dj boot camp learning how to keep you know the the family that was there hanging out keeping him there for another two or three hours to spend a little right. bit more money <laughs> and it was yeah it was super fun at that time yeah, and we don't, I feel like there's not as many DJ boot camps these days. Like those kind of experiences for people where you... I don't know, is there? I don't... Maybe? I mean, I feel like a lot of cities you kind of, you can get these bar gigs where exactly, you know, you're there from 10 to 4. Right. You're there yeah. all night. Gotta figure it out. Wet DJing weddings was yeah. a big thing, was part of my, my boot camp. DJing, uh, being 14, playing at like a high school prom was also a boot camp extremely fun but yeah it's you get to learn how to read a crowd and, and stuff like that which for me is i think it's one of the reasons that i like to play a little bit of everything still kind of going into the electro world but i i just love doing it yeah so you, you mentioned you started at the age of 14 or is that when you started or i started playing i started djing at 13 like my first show was maybe at 14 but this was i was doing weddings like my mom my mom bought me equipment and I had to pay her back so I had to pay her back somehow rave so it's not gonna was not gonna pay that <laughs> so yeah I was like 14 playing weddings and I would have to bring somebody else because my voice was super super high pitched at the time I don't want to be on the microphone you know at weddings announcing people so I would, I would bring this guy Ed Ramirez would come with me and he would be the MC he would help me pick up you know the 40 pound amplifiers crown amps so you brought the sound system you brought oh, yeah. the you brought the everything. lights yeah those intelligent oh, wow. lights those things that move to the to the kick oh that was amazing that was super <laughs> high tech man like yo this moves with the beat what so how do you get jobs as a 14 year old in Miami doing weddings it's it started off I guess it was novelty it started off as my mom telling her co-workers hey my son has DJ system and he can play disco for you and he can play salsa bachata you can play whatever anything so I would go to these people's houses in the beginning just play for like 50 bucks and play the whole night everybody be drunk as hell and then I'd all of a sudden you know I had my little business cards well when I was 14 and, and I'd give them out then all of a sudden I was like hey we really liked your music and uh, yeah 200 bucks for four hours I got you so it was <laughs> that's the way it started and it basically didn't stop yeah, where did it go from there? We noticed we posted a or Red Bull posted a photo of you in a murder capital t-shirt. Oh, so right. I'm guessing like IFM and all of that was Yeah, I, IFM and CBS even before yeah, it was CBS. CBS for me was huge because there was a point where I was in house arrest and that's all that I could listen to, you know, or or all that I wanted to listen to. There wasn't really but this was during a time where internet radio was very, very new, two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. There was very little of it then. And yeah. and then there was no SoundCloud, there were no sets that you could no, download. No, no, no. Like No, you would have to tune in, you would have to go into a forum and you would and you have secret links. There was another another one called The Womb, which I used to have a, a radio show that was on the beach. It was on South Beach, right on Lincoln Road. Uh, that was my first little radio show, and that that to me was like I made it, you know, at 
2002, <laughs> 2003, my first little radio show. But CBS and IFM were, for me were, yeah, one of the reasons I think I stayed sane during during that time. So was that a time you were under house arrest? Did you, uh, is that when you learned to start making music? Because you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't leave the house. There was there was three guys that I used to chat with. Uh, one of them is this guy, the Wee DJs. I believe he's from Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh, the Wee DJs, this guy Dark Vector, and another guy named Michael Forshaw. So these guys, I would... Oh, yeah, I, I would, remember their records. Yeah, Michael Forshaw stuff. So I would talk to these guys on AO Instant Messenger, and they basically taught me how to make music over AIM. Just like, okay, this is this is Cubase. Uh, and I would be like, what the hell is going on with my MIDI? Everything is going crazy. And, and you know, uh, the Wii DJs, he would be like, yeah, you have a MIDI loop going. Remove the MIDI, you know, the, the MIDI, make it MIDI through instead of MIDI out. And I was like, damn, this guy's a genius. But they're <laughs> like from all the way, you know, from other neck of the woods, he was telling me what to do. So and that, it was, yeah, he, they basically taught me how to make music. Wow, so that was your, have you been formally trained at all, or that's it? You just figured it out on oh, your no, own? Oh, no, no, no way. I don't even know how to place my hands on a keyboard, to be honest. And I like to keep it that way. I'm, my, my dad, you know, was an opera singer. He played salsa as well. I was always in a musical family, but I was an athlete. And I don't know, I just I just saw the band nerds. You know, I, I, wanna be, I didn't want to be part of the band nerds. So I stayed. I stayed as a as an athlete, which was pretty stupid of me. I should have been one of the banners. Um, and yeah, I just now I just know how to route signal and how to make it work for me. That's it. Right. Well, how did you learn the engineering side of it just on your own? And with well, I went help? to SAE. Oh, okay. I went to SAE in Miami. Uh, but to be honest, it's just trial and error. Because I do things very unconventional. I, I clip, you know, where, where it's not supposed like, SAE did nothing for me, to be honest. It, when it came down, if I want to go and, you know, record Britney Spears, I can totally, I know what mics to use and stuff like that. But when it comes to this kind of music, especially electro and, and techno stuff, you want to go for the unconventional, raw, mix, it sounds like it was mixed down in a bathroom, you know, like that, that's the vibe I've always kind of gravitated to. Yeah, I, I have a lot of friends who teach at SAE and Dubspot and places like that, and mm -hmm. they they say that they often learn. They feel like they're learning as much from their students as the students are learning from them, right? Because everybody has their own approach, right? Right. And they show them something, a way to do something that they never, with their formal training, or whatever, never. Of would course, have I mean, of. I, all of Detroit was basically all the music that came out of there was based out of does this sound good or not? That's it. Yeah. Does it make the speakers move? Are the people's are they, are they shaking? Is the dance floor moving? Cool. If it's not, I mean, Shari Vari is not very, very mixed yeah. down very well. It's one of the best records ever made, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, I don't think most of the classic Detroit producers were. They didn't trained care. Trained in engineering. Yeah, yeah they, they or... didn't care, and I and I, I tend to go in with that mentality into music, running a label, everything, just kind of DIY, do it yourself kind of thing. Right. So you mentioned the label. Your label is Omnidisc. Yeah, Omnidisc. Yeah. And this is fairly recent it's uh it's actually a continuation of another label that i had called omniam and this was 2005 i ended it in 2007 so it's it's a continuation yeah i started uh, omni disc when did i started 2014 something like that yeah 2014 i'm not even sure to be honest it's just i, I just came back to it i'm like okay I, these guys that i used to release kind of want to rehash those relationships and guys like drug culture for example he used to release under the name rax r-a-x uh, uh -huh. so i used to release him dj nasty guys like that are, are people that i'm now I'm 
starting to release again and it's because of that old label right yeah you asked according to discogs anyways you started in 2015 okay done, yeah and okay, you've done, that's when it was you've done 18 releases which is a lot yeah there's for... there's sub labels so there's the polyester series and then there's a the swim series so it's there's couple different sounds that all kind of fit under the sound palette of Omnidisc, which is, I don't know, just raw. Right. But it's, it's just, it it's a lot to get out. I know. I mean, I run a label, so that's, that's it's, a lot to get out. It definitely is a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes, it takes work, but I, I just love it. So you're doing, you're doing the work yourself, right? No, no. Uh, well, I, I started for like the first year, maybe first year it started out me and it was, that was quite a bit of work. Then uh, my partner, Anshaw Black, just came in. He's handling the back end. I handle, you know, the music and stuff like that. He's just insanely punctual, insanely on point. I'm the complete mess. So it, it works perfect. That, yeah. th that dynamic <laughs> is perfect. I don't want to have to handle, you know, invoices. He's got great taste in music. So it just, it, it's very cohesive. It works very well. Very cool. So are you still living in Miami where you grew up or? Yeah. Ride or die 305 for sure. <laughs> I think we we have three we have three friends here from yeah, Miami. Yeah, we've got a lot of Miami. Or in three the house. of us here are from Miami, and I I don't know. There's some sort of pride that comes with being from Miami because we're so. Uh, even though we're in the states, people, we're, we're it's a completely different world out there. It, it's yeah. Cubans. It's it's a completely different world. There's so there's so much to Miami that people don't know how how closely. Uh, uh, affiliated we are with Detroit. People don't know the Miami Detroit connection where. You know, uh, Detroit had uh, Ghetto Tech, we had Booty Music, you know, we had Miami Bass, they had Electro. Uh, and I, I don't know, there's just something being from Miami and being Cuban and being raised in the Electro breakdancing world and uh, I love it. I have to stay out there. I think there was, wasn't, weren't there some parties with interdimensional transmissions and schematic, like For some sure. crossover parties like I in think Detroit I played, and I played Miami. with I played yeah. with uh, BMG and Ectomorph. I think I don't know if Eric was, was there at that party, but we were playing. At, this was in 2005. Uh, I played something with uh, with them. Prior to that, there was a lot of really good parties. Phoenicia, which you just mentioned, uh, Schematic, Phoenicia, Soul Oddity. Those guys used to throw some of the best parties that I've ever been to in my entire life. Uh, it's a shame we people won't relive that nowadays, but I was super young. I, I'm very happy that I was able to experience that at 13, 14, 15 years old. And, and yeah, it was it was a really good time out there. So what do you mean people won't relive it these days? It, that, that atmosphere I don't think will exist again. The full moon parties that we used to do where you had happy hardcore in the batting cages. Uh, so this place called Full Moon, uh, this, uh, this place called Malibu Castle Park used to throw parties every full moon. And in the, you know, the batting cages, you had happy hardcore in the golf course, you had ambient in the inside breaks room, you know, you, ha you had breaks. And so it was an arcade store that was split up in ways where you can just, you can experience whatever it is that you want. Nowadays in Miami, at least, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think people go to destination parties. This was a destination. This was really close to my neck of the woods by Mall of the Americas, which is like the Cuban side of Miami. Okay. And it was it was a destination spot. Nowadays, you know, if, if I want to do a party in the Everglades uh, in Miami, which I've always wanted to do, one of these like a party on a ranch, it would be a lot of work to do that. So I'm not. It's gonna happen at some point, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work to try and galvanize these people to come out. So it's pretty much club stuff in Miami now. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but you also spend, well, you must spend a lot of time in Europe because you're, you, I was looking at your 
gig schedule it's, you play a lot yeah it's well like i said i like to be in miami i live right next to my mom i like to be there it feels like home and so i bounce quite a bit back and forth i, I don't mind spending the money and breaking even not even making money you know on these shows just so i can come home feel home have the dirtiest cuban food possible it just it's, <laughs> it's again it's being miami it's being one of these miami guys um so where are you based when you're over in europe or do you just bounce berlin. around berlin yeah berlin uh I'll, I'll be moving to either rotterdam or amsterdam i have a lot of friends out there it just feels uh, it just feels more like home when i'm there to be honest yeah so do you feel there was a point where things really started to blow up for you for your career as like a touring dj or has it just been a kind of slow and steady chug no it was an exponential i've had a couple exponential ups and complete downs before uh the exponential up for me after one of them was with diego when he first booked me in 2005 mm -hmm. 2006 where i was you know still in house arrest when i i sent him a, a demo of, of a mix i don't even know what i did it was all over the place but he hired me i was like all right cool damn this is step number one as a dj to make money um the second point was that release i did with hot creations in 2011. that and that was insane to me that i've never seen uh or felt anything like that before because i i thought i had created uh, an electro clash record you know right i thought i created an electro i'm like oh this is kind of cool it's kind of poppy this might do this might do something cool miss kitten and the hacker sort of vibe and then all of a sudden my first gig ever overseas is room one at fabric i'm like wow okay something just happened <laughs> my life just completely changed and so it's been a couple exponential you know growth uh, after that you know i i i noticed that i was in kind of the wrong scene i got placed into the wrong scene i'm like man i i, I don't think these people like the music that i play and I, I got kicked off out of the booth early because i was playing techno and electro and you know i it, it tapered out i'm like okay i need to start growing this again little by little so people know exactly what i'm about right and that's i guess that's where i'm at now right so you would show up at these parties where they would i mean i didn't i i just found out about this hot creations 2011 thing reading your book it's like in everything yeah, yeah everywhere it's, that's it's written a, about you i'm like i'd big, never heard this track what is yeah, this it's a big uh it's a big part of why some why people know me and uh, another big part why some people are like eh, yeah he's you release on Hot Creations, and yeah, he plays like Deep House or something. So it took it took a lot of time for people to somehow figure out who it is that I am and what I do. But it, you know, I could have easily say change my name, but I can't. You know, like you've been Danny Days since '99. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. My mom gave me that name, and you know, and if you go back and and listen to the record rather than the affiliation of you know Deep House or whatever it is, you're like, okay, this kind of is an electro record. Um, so it's been it's been fun slowly changing people's perception and just so people yeah they just get what I do now and that's that to me is super super satisfying. Yeah, I mean yeah. it seems like you're doing a great job. Congrats. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> and um, to talk about the immediate, you're you've got some gigs coming, some pretty big gigs coming up this weekend, right? Oh yeah, I go. I mean, straight <laughs> from here I go to Panorama. Then after that I come back. Then after that I'm taking some time off. Oh no, wait, this this Friday, what the, yeah, this Friday I play with Black Madonna here. Yeah, tomorrow. for Mean Red, Black yeah. Madonna party. And then um, I head immediately after to, to Berlin to play Panorama, then I come back to Miami for Art Basel, just chill, 
and then I'm, I'm gonna try and take some time off to work on an album. Oh, very cool. Yeah. For your own label? No, it, I, I'm just gonna make it and then wherever it comes out, it comes out. I don't, I, I think it, once you start making something for a label, it, you tend to try and make something that sounds like the label. Yeah, I've had a little bit of that for with with our label with the bunker where I've asked somebody to make something and I had an idea of what I thought they could do and then they made something that sounded That's, like other releases on the label. Yeah. I was like, no, I want all the releases on the label to sound different. Not yeah, the same. I think I think Don't one of the worst things that somebody can send you on an email. Hey, I think you'll like this. It sounds like your <laughs> it sounds like your label. Hey, I think this fits your label. It's like no, man. Let's 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 try and keep the spectrum as wide as possible. You know. And that's kind of uh, what I would like to do with the album is take, I don't know, pop mentality that I had making, you know, bootleg edits of like Blister in the Sun and put that together with Electro and whatever it is that I'm doing and see what comes out. Then pitch it to whoever might, you know, like it. Yeah. Or pitch it to some labels that you think will hate it. Yeah. 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 You're going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna hate this. That, that's a good email. Yeah, that's, I, I'd open that Subject. one. I'd Subject. open that one before anything else. <laughs> really this terrible is, music that you shouldn't yeah, listen to. Yeah, this is the worst. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, well, should we get back into it? You said you're gonna do something a little different in the second hour here. Yeah, I'm gonna play some bangers. Okay, so we're gonna get into some bangers <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, some. Uh, you know, let's dance now. Yeah. So we're here with uh, Danny Days, and you're listening to the Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. You're listening to Red Bull Radio.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. We've been in the mix with Danny Days. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you uh, guys for having me. That was fun. Yeah, really, really loved both sets a lot. A um, couple Bunker announcements. On New Year's Eve, we're doing a party in a Brooklyn warehouse with Patrick Russell and Nahal Ramchandani, Justin Cudmore, Antennas, and Just, who is in the studio today. Uh, and then on January 6th, we're doing the Bunker 15-year anniversary at Elsewhere with R. Rose, Ninos du Brazil, Antennas, Patrick Russell, myself, Jane Fitz and Eric Cloutier, Hot Mix, and Wrecked. More info on all that at thebunkerny.com. Uh, the show will be back on December 7th with Eric Cloutier. And uh, Danny, you had something to say about your final track? Yeah. Uh, I actually wanted to play this record. I mean, it's kind of chaotic, but it's uh, it's one of my favorite electro records of all time. It came out on Twilight 76, which is an old Godfather record. This is by uh, Mass 2008. 